0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com/sme today. Again, agorapulse.com/sme.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Michael Stelzner. My co-host today is Kimberly Reynolds. Grace Duffy is our show producer, and she is in the control room on behalf of Eric Fisher. Leslie Samuel is handling simulcast today, and this is the show for marketers who want to know what the heck's going on in the world, the ever-changing world of social media. It's a jungle out there, people, and there's new species being discovered literally every week. We're here to tell you what we've discovered, what we know, and to help you traverse this dangerous but exciting world. Uh, It's made possible, this show, by Social Media Marketing World. And we have an exciting, exciting lineup. We are recruiting left and right. Our speaker lineup is literally the best in the world If you want to come and hobnob with your fellow marketers and creators, there's no better place on the planet than sunny San Diego. Check it out, SMMW18, that stands for Social Media Marketing World, smmw18.com. I keep forgetting to add the dot .com. All right, on today's show, we are going to explore Facebook ad manager changes with Amanda Bond. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff actually with ad changes. Uh, We're also going to talk about Twitter team management. Yes, you can actually now have a team managing your Twitter account. Tons of other breaking news. By the way, if you're new to the show, get it on your calendar, socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. If you can't watch the whole live show, get the podcast. Just search whatever podcast directory you care to listen to for the name of this show, which is called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. And with that – what I'm going to do is bring Amanda Bond on to talk about our, our very first segment here. And what's really exciting is, well, first of all, if you don't know Amanda, let me just tell you there is no brighter um, ad person on the planet. Amanda, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you guys so much. I'm uh, amped to be here. I'm amped with everything that's about to happen. And I think we're going to shock some people in our updates today.
0: Exactly. And Mm -hmm. we're going to be showing a screenshot here as soon as we get that up. But um, while we're waiting for that to come up, why don't you just tell us what's going on with Facebook ad manager changes? Because there's a lot of new stuff, isn't there?
1: There's a lot of new stuff. Okay, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we are saying goodbye to Power Editor. It is officially merging into Ads Manager. So those two tools are going to become one. We're going to take the best of Power Editor, the best of Ads Manager, and make it a better advertiser experience.
0: It's about time, huh, Amanda? I mean, kind of, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, I do remember back, like, two years ago what the user interface used to look like so we've come a really far away but even toggling back and forth between ads manager and power editor before was such a pain so thank you facebook for finally making this change i also know that there's going to be a big uproar of ah, what do we do now if the user interface changes everyone forgets to use logic um, but I'm just going to say this, guys, you've got this. You know where the things are. Just take an extra minute to look as those two user interfaces come together. So I'll just give a quick rundown of what we're seeing here on the Ad Week article. This is the old version of Power Editor right before those merges were about to take place. What's going to happen is now the reporting that we're used to seeing in Ads Manager is going to be front and center. It is how we look at our ad results. Merge now with the ability to create those ads straight from ads manager. So like I said, you're not toggling back and forth between the 2 platforms on the menu. It's like, boom, we're in ads manager. Let's create or duplicate ad sets as you go. So this image here... There's 2 ways to create ads currently. That's not going away. So what we're looking at here is the older version. It is the version for those power users who just want to like quickly get in there and create campaigns and duplicate them very fast. It's like the power users version of creating ads. So this is one option that you have available and you still will have available when you create ads from the ads manager now. And as you scroll down, the second option, and again, this already exists, they're just making it really easy for us to use, is the guided creation. So this is just a more user-friendly option that guides you through. It has a little bit of explanations of what each field is as you go through to create those ads. So if you're used to using this guided creation, Facebook's actually just going to take the style and the preference that you had for creating ads before and bring that into the ads manager experience. Hey,
0: real quick, Amanda, before we get to detail into um, some of these screenshots and stuff. Let's step back for a second. What has been the limitation of um, ads manager that what was, what could you have done in Chrome and not had done in ads manager? Just so people understand for those that have only been using ads manager, kind of what features are coming to ads manager?
1: So what was missing was the ease and ability to create your ads. That was the role of Power Editor. So when you were creating ads and you wanted to like look at how your ads were performing to then make decisions about ads that you would keep running or ads that you would scale up, that was what you had to then go create in Power Editor. So for me as an advertiser, I'd have two windows open at all times. It would be like Power Editor on one tab, Ads Manager on the other, constantly cross-referencing back and forth. So as somebody who's who's awesome with creating ads, it is going to save so much time as we go through this process.
2: One of the benefits of Power Editor is you could create things in drafts and you when you're creating a draft, you could leave it and come back to the draft. And that's, that's the feature that Power Editor is going to carry over to this new version with the updated integration of Power Editor and Ads Manager. You'll still be able to create drafts. So that's a great benefit that everybody's still going to be able to enjoy with this updated version. And also the ability to duplicate campaigns easily.
0: Also, we're being, uh, some news that we have from Adweek says that Facebook said uh, to Social Pro Daily that more than 5 million people are using uh, ads on Facebook. So there's more than 5 million advertisers, mostly small businesses, and that's running ads every month, and 85% of them are managing via mobile devices. So the idea here is that. This change is designed to simplify that experience for the vast majority of advertisers because most advertisers, I don't think, are using Power Editor. I think it was more the advanced ones. So we're going to go ahead and move on. Instagram is bringing Facebook Canvas ad formats to Instagram stories. And, um, Kim, why don't you go ahead and, um, play? Um, what we're going to see here on the screen is that. Instagram stories now can be put into a canvas ad. And what we're actually seeing here on the screen is what looks like just a standard image here. Um, But you'll notice that it started out as kind of an Instagram story and then it moved into something substantially more here. And it's really kind of Instagram story meets canvas ads.
1: Instagram is making a bunch of ad updates for stories which is really fun to use because right now the cost to get in front of a thousand people is extremely favorable. I'll just say that. So Facebook is rolling out some new features with these Instagram canvas ads. So now when you swipe up on your story, you don't have to go off platform. You can just hang out and chill on Instagram using that immersive full screen experience here with the canvas ads. So this feature is actually already available in the side of Power Editor for advertisers. And it does have the ability, as you can see, there's buttons there that you can take them off-site afterwards. However, you can keep a majority of that experience on the platform for a really great customer experience. As they're reading your story, they're swiping up, it's going to load faster and just be a really great experience for them. The beauty of what Facebook has going on right now with their stories is that they're also experimenting with more placements and making it easier for you to take your stories from Instagram, get them over to your ads manager to be able to create ads. I almost said power editor there, so that's gonna have to be ingrained in my head that that's not a thing anymore. So we're going to be able to create Instagram story placements now over on Facebook, as well as the audience network. And when you create a story, Facebook is giving us the ability to take that creative that is live over on your stories, and it's going to upload it into ads manager automatically, just making it easier for you to share.
0: Uh, we're gonna go ahead unfortunately and say goodbye to Amanda. Goodbye Amanda Thank you so much for joining us and we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next segment um, lifestyle templates for um, for Facebook collection ads. So here's what I know on this and I am no expert but basically Facebook is testing what they're calling a lifestyles template for collection ads with about a dozen, Different retailers, including J. Crew and West Elm. And basically, Facebook states that this new collection of templates is intended to help print catalog marketers bring the richness of their catalog um, to the mobile device. So, let me summarize some of what we've covered in this segment. First of all, Facebook Ads Manager is slowly going to become everything that What uh, what did it used to be called? Power Editor? Yes. So everything that Power Editor was always the extreme version that allowed you to do everything that you could not do inside of Ads Manager. But Ads Ads Manager was easier to use. Can you can you kind of agree with that, Kim? Ads Manager is easier?
2: Well, I think Power Editor is easier to use. Um, but uh, Got it. So you know more
0: than I do because you manage our ads. But the idea yeah. is this is all coming together in one right. central interface. It sounds like this interface will work on mobile and or on desktop. And the idea is to bring the power into one single solution instead of uh, multiple solutions. And you've got to swap back and forth between the two of them. Uh, right. With the Instagram stories, um, now Facebook canvas ads are available to Instagram stories and it's just a Instagram, uh, a canvas ads. <laughs> Sorry. Facebook canvas ads are super fast loading immersive experiences. So this is coming to Instagram. And then the third thing is that there's these different, uh, templates. So there you have it. That's the news and. As we get more about this, perhaps in the future, we can have Amanda come back and talk more about it. But we're now going to transition over to our second segment, and we're going to talk about Twitter. So, Kim, take it away.
2: Okay. So, basically, a new update rolled out this week, and multiple Twitter users can now share access to a single Twitter account using the iOS and Android apps without sharing the account password. So to put it simply, teams can manage a single Twitter account without sharing passwords, which is great news for all of us that try to uh, manage a Twitter account. I know that that's been an issue for us at Social Media Examiner trying to manage our Twitter account and share a password. And now we can do that on the on an iOS app and the Android app. You've uh, been able to do it using TweetDeck on desktop, but now you can do it via app. So there's three different levels of ownership, if you will. There's owner, which has all of the top level admin access. There's an admin level, which is a little bit less access. And then there's a contributor, which can do All of the basic stuff like schedule tweets, create lists. Let's spend a
0: second talking about slightly what the differences are because I think this is important for anybody who's a consultant who works with a client or anyone who has a brand with multiple people working the same account. So at the contributor level, we're talking about scheduling tweets, creating lists, and building collections. At the admin level, we're talking about the possibility of inviting other users. In addition to all that other stuff. But at the owner level, that's where you can manage the password, phone numbers, login verification, which is two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. And um, so hopefully you guys understand the different levels here. Facebook has something similar. You know, you can provide different levels of access, but it's never been that way with Twitter. So in our case, what we have to do is we have one employee in the company who has two-factor authentication on. And whenever another employee needs to get into Twitter – because they've been logged out, that person gets the code. and It's just a nightmare scenario, you it know? Is, it so, is. it's about time Twitter does this, right?
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it's usually a huge hassle. I'm texting Eric, send me the code.
0: Exactly. So, um, um, what else do we have on Twitter, Kim?
2: So, the next news on Twitter is… So I don't know how popular of a feature this is or how many people are aware of what a tweet storm is, but a tweet storm is, is simply a thread of tweets that follow the same topic or conversation. And to do this, you you reply to your own tweet and then you continue replying to your own tweet over and over and over to keep the thread going. And you do this as many times as necessary. So you basically end up with a long threaded tweet of your own replies. Why would, well, hold
0: on a second. Why would anybody do that? That I'm, I'm struggling to understand what the logic is there. Is it meant to be like a a story where it's like chapters of 140 characters or.
2: Right. So you can beat that 140 character limit and kind of in essence have, if you maybe want to go on a rant or Uh maybe tell a story or. um, Oh, Monopolize a topic.
0: Okay. So this has and, been this has been kind of a way that people have just figured out creatively how to do this, but now right. Twitter is making it potentially official. Is that what I hear you saying?
2: Yeah, and most people don't actually do it very successfully or very well because it's kind of tricky to be able to do it properly. Hmm. So, um, and it's you know it really goes against what Twitter is all about, which is the short little 140 character limit. Right. But Somebody who's been digging through the, the code of the Android app and found that Twitter appears to be testing a built-in TweetStorm feature and it, that will automatically split larger blocks of text into individual tweets hmm. and append the tweet count at the end. So...
0: Why doesn't Twitter um, just say "forget it" with the hundred and forty character limit instead of like having to slice and dice? You know.
2: <laughs> well, then what makes it different from anything else?
0: What makes it different um, is how the users use it, right? I mean, let's be honest. Um, we we no longer communicate in a hundred and forty characters. Um, we we communicate mostly in you know ten second video clips or whatever, but emojis. Uh, I I know a lot of people are like no don't get rid of that 140 character limit and these are the faithful diehards that have been around forever but <laughs> you got to understand there's a reason why Twitter's not growing because most people are like what the heck I only have 140 right. characters I'll go use something else where I have a lot more characters you know right. so right. you know just cuz it always used to work doesn't mean it always will work in the future and That's it seems true. like Twitter's trying pretty hard to do this and and we should clarify this is an un verified things. Somebody went through the Android source code and found this built into the source code. So, for all we know, it's a test. We don't know if it'll actually come about. All right. Uh, As we transition to the next segment here, I just want to remind everybody that Social Media Marketing World is the official sponsor of this podcast. If you are interested in joining literally thousands of marketers and Learning from some of the top pros in the world, including Amanda Bond, and I guarantee you she will have no communication problems when she is live. Then you can come to Social Media Marketing World and really just have an amazing experience. Check it out at SMMW18.com. Okay, uh, for for those of you that are Apple fans, and even those of you that are not Apple fans, you want to pay attention to what I'm about to talk about. Apple this week came out with all their new iPhones. And I'm not going to talk about the iPhones. Instead, I'm going to talk about some of the technology in particular. They've introduced some really cool augmented reality technology. And I'm going to describe what we're looking at here. Basically, what we're looking at is a guy in the bottom right corner holding his phone and walking around a table. But he's looking at his phone while he is walking around the table. And on that table is a three-dimensional war zone. OK, and inside of that war zone are characters that are running around and are controlled by the guy that's looking down at the table. Now, when the other gentleman joins him at the table, they're actually able to move around in the real world and, and examine kind of from a God's eye view this game. And they're able to control the characters in this game and they're able to fight against each other. Um, and their lens to this virtual world essentially is their iPhone. And it's called augmented reality because it's appending uh, a virtual – or it's augmenting, if you will, adding a digital layer on top of the real world. Now, we're only showing you a six-second looping clip of this, but I watched a much larger clip of this. And it looked like one of the coolest video games that I've ever seen because you are in complete control and you can play against another person. And I thought it was really, really, really cool. So here's what you all need to know for those of you that are thinking about running out to get an iPhone. Um, And we're going to show you another example of some. Actually, let me show you. Let's show you the next example of the augmented reality, which is Snapchat. This is really cool. Apple worked with Snapchat to create something amazing. And I'm going to explain what's going on here. First of all, app, one of the cooler features about Apple is that they have a very powerful integration between their software and their hardware. Um, unlike the Android platform where you have like Samsung making the phone and Google making the software, in the Apple platform, they make everything. And that allows them to create extremely tight integrations. So the new iPhone X has a very state-of-the-art Camera built into it that can read the contours of your face and understand the light that's going on in the room and literally create masks on your face that are far more sophisticated than anything we've ever seen before. Now, many of us are used to the cool capabilities and features of uh, Snapchat and also of um, Facebook with the ability to add a mask to your face. But those technologies are limited to very, very basic functions. Uh, The new iPhone X has something called advanced facial recognition and tracking and it's called Face ID and it can also look at the light that's in the room so if if you are actually watching live what we're looking at you will see that as this guy adds this mask to his face and starts moving around and stuff it is perfectly contoured to all the aspects of his face and as he turns his face and the light changes it's as if he really is wearing this. And um, Kim, I don't know if you saw some of the cool stuff that they're doing with these, um, boy, what do you call it? Like animation emoji kind of things. I don't know how else to yeah. to explain it. I think it's called emoji. Animo-
2: it's called emoji.
0: So what's cool about this is you can select kind of um, an avatar on the iPhone. Let's say that you want to be a fox or a rabbit. And then you start talking and you start making facial reactions. And in real time, that little character animates perfectly matched to your voice. And as you move your head, it moves its head. As you blink, it blinks. As you change the reactions of your face, it changes it. It's like Masquerade and it's like Uh, All these other technologies, but at a level that is way beyond anything we've ever seen because it's taking a – it's taking an animated character and essentially bringing it to life. So, just begin thinking about some of the applications of this, you know. Enter into a virtual reality world and all those reactions, where you look, what you look like, all that kind of stuff are masked onto an actual character. Just think of the gaming situations. It's really, really cool. What makes this sophisticatedly powerful is that it's extremely powerful phone, powerful chips, powerful cameras. So here's the deal. iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. Do, do offer a lot of this augmented reality stuff, but it's only the um, iPhone X, which stands for the iPhone 10, that does the true mapping of your face kind of stuff. So the augmented reality is more the video game kind of stuff, but the true mapping of your face and creating amazing, you know, uh, technology on your face is only available on the iPhone X. And um, Apple did work with uh, Snapchat. And I guess the amount of things that normally Snapchat looks at is rather limited, but with this new camera, they're able to look at supposedly hundreds of little factors at once to create really cool tech. So what do you think about all this?
2: I am thinking how awesome it will be to never have to wear makeup again on camera because it will be done for me.
0: Oh my gosh. Think about that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, seriously, you go on camera and you push a button and and it makes you look professional. Yes. Or it artificially adds light to your situation. I mean, like you start thinking mm-hmm. about the live video components here, right?
2: Yes, you, I am. I you, you think could, it's going to be awesome. You could
0: actually change your hairstyle, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, think A about- Botox filter. You could
0: put on clothes or or change your hair in real time and people would uh-huh. think that you colored your hair, but you really haven't. I mean, just think about all the possibilities, right?
2: <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to be awesome.
0: It's pretty cool. All right. Um, that's it. So, you know, you cannot get the iPhone X until later on this year. But for those of you that are gamers, you can get the uh, the 8 right out of the gate and start doing some of the uh, virtual reality kind of stuff. The camera stuff is coming. Oh, and by the way, the new camera. Remember we talked about last week how you could walk up to a kiosk and you could pay with your face?
2: Right. For, yeah. In China.
0: Yeah. Well, guess what? You can now pay with your face with the new iPhone X. So, you can actually just look at your phone and it will authenticate you. You can also look at your phone and it will unlock your camera. I mean, it will unlock your phone. And people have made masks of themselves and it knows that it's not human. So, you can literally just look at your phone and, you know, Apple Pay, you you normally have to – you just look at it to authenticate it. So, you just begin to think about some of the applications here. (laughs) One of my kids is like, one of my kids is like, well what if someone came up to you and forced you to look at it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I can understand all that kind of stuff, but but this is where we're heading, you know, facial authentication instantly is pretty cool.
2: What about all the third-party apps that you use your thumbprint to open the app like one password and yeah, stuff?
0: Yeah, well, it it will work with your face now. Because that wow. that's where we're heading. You'll just have to look at it and we'll authenticate you. It's pretty cool. And they've that already means- shown that you can change your hairstyle, wear glasses, wear a hat, and it still is able to successfully identify your face. So much more sophisticated than a lot of the stuff that – because I think it's like a thumbprint. It's going to track all the contours of your face and know it's really you. So, yeah, you start thinking about all this stuff. It's really, really cool. So, folks, yeah. Apple is – bringing a uh, i think we're going to see in the next year a lot of this augmented reality kind of stuff coming to all sorts of um applications that we cannot even fathom right now and we're going to look back and we're going to say remember when all it could do is unlock your phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pretty cool stuff all right folks um we're going to transition over to the next segment so over to you Kim
2: Facebook is running a very small test of a feature that makes it easier to find and discover new friends by connecting users with, well, it's there's kind of some discrepancy in the various articles here. One One article is saying that it's connecting you with new friends. And a couple other articles are saying that it's connecting you with your existing friends. But in a nutshell, it's Facebook is connecting you with your existing friends. And what it's doing is taking friends and suggesting that you might want to meet up in real life. So this is, again, a very, very small test. And let me try when- to explain
0: how I think we understand this. So okay. um, let's say that I am at a conference in San Diego called Social Media Marketing World. And uh-huh. and I um it, and, and Facebook knows that a bunch of my friends are there. Uh, it will first ask me, are you interested at all in meeting up with any of your friends? If so, identify who they are. And then it will ask them the same question. Hey, um, are you interested at all in meeting up with any of your friends? If so, say yes. Once both of them say yes, then it will connect them together and say, hey, let's facilitate a meetup. So it's not sending them a message saying, do you want to meet up? Instead, it's asking them, hey, um, are you interested at all in meeting up with these people who are in your local area? If so, indicate the ones that, that you are interested in. And it asks them the exact same question. And and then it only matches those two together if they say yes. And then it sends a message, would you like to meet up with with Serena this week? And if you both say yes, then it sends a message in Facebook Messenger to allow you to facilitate that contact. Isn't that your okay. understanding of it? I mean, that's how my understanding of it.
2: That is my understanding, and there's some there's just some discrepancy whether it's people you're already connected with or people that you um, are friends of friends. That's where the discrepancy comes in.
0: Yeah, I would imagine at least in the beginning it's going to be friends because otherwise you wouldn't would even th- you wouldn't even know who this person is. You know what I mean? So
2: right, you would think. So, so it looks like
0: this is being tested in Toronto and New Zealand on exactly. iOS and Android. So that's yeah. kind of cool. I, I, I like think- that because like you may be in a place you didn't even know a couple people were there, you know, and it's just kind of right. facilitating those natural contacts.
2: Yeah, I think it I think it could be really fun.
0: Okay. Over to the next uh, the next news item. Facebook is experimenting with preloaded instant videos. And Here is what we know about this. This comes to us from TechCrunch. And this new feature downloads and caches Facebook videos on your mobile phone when you're in a good Wi-Fi connection so that you can watch it when you're on an airplane or when you're in the passenger seat of a car or when you're somewhere where there really isn't a good connection. And this kind of technology has been stuff we've been covering specifically in the third world for quite some time. And what I mean by that is in people like places like India where internet speeds are horrible. Um, but I think, and I agree with what TechCrunch says here, that this feature could also empower people to watch the Facebook Watch shows. Right, so if you're subscribed to a like Mike Rose show, um, returning the favor, it could pre. Um, save it on your phone so that when you're on an airplane, you can watch all those shows. I think that's really, really cool. We don't know exactly if that's how that's going to work, but we're kind of postulating that this is what's coming. So I think that would be really cool because when you're watching something that, you know, and you're just in a bad connection, uh, it, it's beneficial to be able to have that cached up on your phone. I think watch is yeah. the natural place for that to work.
2: I think so, too. And they're
0: calling it instant video.
2: Okay. Over to you, Kim. So Facebook has a new app and right now it's only available in Denmark and the app is called Bonfire <clears throat> Bonfire and this is a video chat app and you can chat with up to eight people and it's basically you can chat with up to eight friends and you can send video chat snap pictures to Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. I think even WhatsApp. And let me yeah, ask you they, this question,
0: why do you need this over Messenger because you can technically do this inside of Messenger, right? So what's your take on why they might be doing this?
2: I think they're trying to bring in the younger demographic that's kind of opposed to using Messenger because it's too Facebook. This they you get to use fun filters and it's kind of a Snapchat-ish Instagram-ish kind of blend that is, I think, I I really think that they're trying to bring in that younger demographic and maybe it's their segue into pulling them into the Facebook ecosystem. That would be my guess.
0: Got it. And um, right now it's just a small test that's running inside of Denmark, but there you go. It's called Bonfire. It could be coming to the app store sometime uh, near you. All right. Facebook is testing a mentorship matching service. Now, this sounds a lot like what LinkedIn announced about a month ago. Uh, As a matter of fact, back in July of 2017, LinkedIn uh, talked about something almost identical to this. But here's what we know. Um, They're testing a new feature, Facebook is, that matches people looking for professional guidance with potential mass mentors. And it could be based on mutual interests, friendships, education, geographical location, or your profession. So at this point, uh, it's just a test, but there you have it. So meet your mentee is what this says. And um that is just kind of another way that Facebook is trying to facilitate connections. We're starting to notice a trend here with these things, right? It looks like Facebook is trying to become utilitarian to enable people to do things that are not normally done inside of Facebook, which is to enable these kinds of connections from happening. Right. Go ahead.
2: So so now Facebook, this is another another discovery that's very, very unofficial, but it looks like Facebook is experimenting with private profiles. And this is someone else that was digging in the Facebook code and found that you can make your your profile private. So we don't really know anything about it because um, obviously the button doesn't work, but um, there's an option here to make your profile private and you can just share it with your Assuming a very small circle of friends. One of the
0: advantages to this I could imagine is like some of you are thinking, well, you can already make your post private. And that's true. But you can't make your identity private. So I think the benefit to this is this would allow someone who is not interested in the world knowing anything about them to come onto Facebook and interact with a small group of people um, in a, in a, in a very private kind of a way. And we're beginning to see, you know, Snapchat, for example, is a good example of this, right? It's, it, there is no public anything on Snapchat really. Right. I mean, like almost everything happens in private and we're beginning to see the emergence of private networking type solutions. So this, this is, you know, we don't know if this will ultimately roll out, but, Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's what it is. All right. right. Um, next we've got Instagram, is rolling out the ability to share stories through direct messages. So here's what we know. Basically, you now have the option immediately, is my understanding, when you're watching someone else's story, to share that story. And what we're looking at right here uh, is we're looking at a, a picture of a girl with a dog, and then she is pushing something. I don't know which activity she's pushing to send it. I think it's, what does that look like to you? A little airplane or something like that, Kim? In the first left image? Yeah.
2: Um, that's, yeah, the little send button.
0: Okay. So it's a send button. And then what happens is she gets the option to uh, send through Instagram the actual story to someone else. Now, I kind of like this because from a marketing perspective, I could see someone seeing a little story on one of our Instagram accounts, right? And then someone sharing Mm -hmm. it to someone else privately. And it kind of allows us to get more followers on our Instagram account, right? Because they don't really have the ability prior to this to share any kind of stories anywhere at all. It's just watch it or don't watch it. So that's kind of cool. Um, And it's sent as a direct message and you do have the option in the app to prohibit the sharing of your stories. I don't know exactly how to do that because, like I said, this is literally breaking news. Um, but you have to have uh, Instagram version 11.0 on iOS and Android. What do you think about this, Kim?
2: I like it. Anything that will increase reach and allow your stories to be seen by more people,
0: I'm all for it. Cool. All right. Over to you, Kim.
2: Okay. Uh, so there's a new little section in Facebook, and it is movies. So you can now buy movie tickets directly off of Facebook. And so I, I know that you used to be able to buy movies on Facebook, or this isn't completely new. But Before when you used, when you could buy movie tickets on Facebook, you had to go to the movies actual page and you could buy movies. But now there's a dedicated section to buy movies for a variety of tickets and it's facilitated through Fandango and Adam tickets. So what we're looking at is when you click that hamburger menu and you go to all the different sections, it says movies. You click it. And then you're brought over to a, a listing of all a whole bunch of different movies that are playing all the current movies. And you select your showtime.
0: But you're still in the Facebook app the whole time, right? But you're
2: still in Facebook the entire time. And then let's scroll down here. Wow. Well,
0: That's kind of cool. I wonder if they actually somehow are able to maybe text you back or messenger you back like a QR code or something that gets you into the movie because that would be kind of a neat.
2: Well, thing. Um, You do. Well, what you do is you pick your movie and then here's showing you all your local theaters.
0: Oh, wow. So we're looking at a map with a bunch of little arrows on it so you can kind of pick which theater you want. And I'm imagining it must know where you are if you have location set up so you can it'll show you the closest theaters. That's pretty cool.
2: Exactly. And then you pick your showtime. And once you pick your showtime, then you should. Well, it doesn't show you here, but you pick your showtime. And then if you have a theater that you pick your seat, you actually select your seat and purchase your ticket. And then you end up with a QR code that when you go into the theater, they just scan it. And that's your ticket.
0: That's really cool.
2: Yeah. I, I
0: I use Fandango all the time. So maybe next time I'll try to see what it's like to use it through Facebook. That's kind of fascinating.
2: I'll tell you my experience with it it was a little bit slower than using the standalone Fandango app it. but it it's it I mean but it's still right there within Facebook so it's pretty seamless and um
0: very you know, cool. cool For those that don't know what Fandango is Fandango is a app that covers most of the movie theaters in America and you can buy your ticket directly um all through Fandango instead of going to the particular movie theaters website and you can do it through desktop or mobile. All right. Moving along here, uh, to our in the wild segment, we, um, Grace Duffy and our team, who's on Android located something that we wanted to share with you on the Android. It's a little different than on the iOS, but on the iOS, all your little avatars are on the bottom and on the Android, they're all on the top. And what grace determined was that she has a group avatar built into her little icons on the top of the screen so that's kind of cool because mark zuckerberg has been saying for the longest time what has he been saying about groups specifically kim
2: that he is well one he took away the dedicated group app and he wants more of a focus on groups because he wants to bring everybody together
0: so we may see this groups thing uh, in our phone sometime soon, and that's really a prompt for us to participate in the groups. And again, like I mentioned earlier, we're moving towards a facilitating of different kinds of people into the Facebook ecosystem. Over to you, Kim.
2: Okay, so Instagram has come up with, well, there's a small test, and it's ex- the test is extending limits for sharing from your camera roll, and they are going to allow users to add photos and video taken within the last week as opposed to the last 24 hours for stories. So usually, as you can see from this image, if you're going to add to your story, it has to be within the last 24 hours. But for select users, and this is a very small group of select users, they can add photos and videos to their story from the last week. So we don't know if that will become that could a thing. become
0: that could become really handy for those of you that are using multiple platforms like Snapchat, for mm-hmm. example. And you had a story you ran on Monday, and you want to run it on Instagram on Thursday. You couldn't do it in the past because
1: right.
0: Instagram is only looking at the stuff in your camera roll that's tagged that's within the last twenty four hours. Right. Awesome. Now we've got some really cool stuff to show you guys from Snapchat. So um, Snapchat has updated their Bitmoji. Enabled world lenses. Now, uh, Bitmoji, for those of you that don't know what it is, it allows you to create a little avatar of yourself. And Snapchat purchased the Bitmoji company, and it's officially a Snapchat property. And world lenses allow you to uh, put things into the world that you see. So, again, this is very much augmented reality, like we were talking about earlier with Apple. So Now what they do is they allow you to actually take your Bitmoji and actually bring it to life. This first example that we're looking at is this gal who took her Bitmoji, opened up her camera and put her Bitmoji on a skateboard and her Bitmoji is literally moving around the screen on a skateboard, which is really cool. Now, the next example we've got.
2: I love this one because it is a cup of coffee and then as soon as she – drinks the cup of coffee, the Bitmoji gets bigger and bigger and bigger as she wakes up, which I love because that's exactly what coffee does.
0: Right. So in this case, her Bitmoji, is she made her Bitmoji small and she put a cup of coffee in the hand of her Bitmoji. So obviously you can add skateboards, coffee, all these kind of little items to your Bitmoji and then have your Bitmoji interact in the real world. And then the third example that we have, we're going to show you. Let's take a look at what that one is. This one is really cool. In this particular one, this is, why don't you describe what we're looking at here?
2: This one would be a yoga fail. And so someone is um, chasing a butterfly while doing yoga, it looks like. And so uh, they are doing a yoga pose.
0: And then a butterfly shows up and then of course they lose, they lose all their attention and smack on their face. So this is what's kind of cool about this. Basically, all these things are happening in the world that you're looking at. They know, they know the depth of the world. They know the action. They know the act. They know what's going on inside of that world. And then you're adding this character, if you will, into this world, resizing this world, and then animating the character. So, it sounds like they've got a bunch of different animations and activities that your Bitmojis can do. And this is exclusively for Snapchat. What do you think about this, Kim?
2: It's incredibly complex. I am really pretty amazed. And
0: that's just... It's easy to do, but it's... I mean, it's complex that they pulled this off, but they make it look super easy to do from the user's perspective. So yeah. it's really cool that they're taking you, essentially, and throwing you into the real world and then animating you into cool things.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty – it makes me want to open up my Snapchat. So you guys you are just beginning right.
0: you, you know, – we've been covering this kind of augmented reality stuff for a while. You're beginning to see how all these kinds of things are coming about. Some augmented reality stuff is cartoony. Eventually, it will be real life. You won't be able to tell the difference. This is just yeah. kind of the world that we're heading in right now. Over to you, Kim.
2: Okay, so Snapchat announced that it's partnering with uh, dozens of colleges and universities to expand their publisher stories to include campus newspapers. And the editorial teams at the school's are going to begin publishing weekly content that will be distributed on Snapchat and they're going to feature snap ads. And that way each school will be able to monetize and grow their newspapers through a revenue sharing agreement, which is really neat because now these school newspapers are going to have a way of monetizing and growing the the newspaper. I think that's really very, very cool.
0: I think it's smart too because, you know, obviously the younger demographic is on Snapchat and these college campuses, you know, um, it's just like what kind of Apple did in the olden days. For those of us that are a bit older, you know, we all grew up with these Apple computers, you know, in school and yeah. then we went on to be Apple fans forever. So, you know, if – if, if schools can train all their students to get their publication in Snapchat, then all of a sudden what's that's going to do? It's going to get more and more of those people using Snapchat and there's lots of advertisers that want to get to those college students. So I think that's really smart. Oh, yeah. I think it's very smart. All right. Um, yeah. Facebook has established clear standards and guidelines now for monetization. So, let me explain what this means. Uh, There is an emerging creator community inside of Facebook that is creating videos, that is, you know, recorded videos and live videos. And these creators are trying to make money on Facebook in the same way that they're trying to make money on YouTube. So, Facebook has come out with a standards and guidelines, essentially, post. And here's what they've said. First of all, creators and publishers must have an authentic And established presence on Facebook. And they must have a profile or page on Facebook that's been around for at least a month. Okay? So, what that means is you can't just create a brand new profile separate from your existing profile and expect that they're going to allow you to be a monetized creator. I think when they say authentic and established, I think what they're really saying is it. It'd be, it you know, if, if you're if you have a blue check mark, you know, of course that's going to help you quite a bit. Which is some of the bigger creators. Um, um, I am not a big creator, but I do happen to have that blue check mark, um, and so does our brand, Social Media Examiner. Those who share content that repeatedly violates the content guidelines such as clickbait or sensationalism, or they post misleading headlines or false information, they will become ineligible to monetize through Facebook. So basically all this is telling us is, and by the way, this doesn't just include video. This also includes instant articles, right? So there's lots of bloggers who are publishing instant articles and they're that's under the publishing category, and they're trying to get revenue share through the instant articles. So they finally come out with kind of a standards upon which they want creators to agree, and or at least they're publicly putting it out there so that they've stated, this is our rule. If you violate our rule, you will not be able to make money using us. Over to you, Kim.
2: Okay. So Facebook has launched a newly redesigned website for Facebook IQ that now features an easy access portal of all its marketing and measurement data, white papers and success stories for information on Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and the Facebook audience network. And I don't even know if most people knew about this, but it's really neat. And it's a great place to go if you want to do research for like any sort of blog post. Tell them how to get there. So um, it's basically at facebook.com forward slash IQ. So it's, they've also added a new insights to go tool. It's a discovery engine that enables agencies, marketers, you can filter, find, share relevant insights and data instantly. It's a really, really Yeah, Let me clarify
0: resource. what you mean by that. They have already lots of research that they're providing marketers. So if you go to mm-hmm. facebook.com slash IQ and you look for the insights to go, you're going to see just, you. you pick kind of like the category in which you're looking for. If you will, Facebook insights. And what they mean by insights is they're talking about like data. Like they'll tell right. you what percentage of people use mobile, you know, in the fashion industry or something like that. So that you can use that data to help persuade your boss or your client that they should be using Facebook, for example. So it's just kind of a big, It's not like it's uh, unlimited stuff. There's probably just a few hundred things classified into different categories, but you might find something that could be useful and it's official data from Facebook. So that's, that's the idea.
2: Right. It's all, it's all separated by vertical and it's, there really is a lot of information, tons of articles and it's, it's pretty nice resource. It's
0: kind of a blog almost, you know, I think that's the best way to talk about it, you know?
2: And you can, and you can subscribe to it and get weekly updates.
0: Do you, do you subscribe to it, Kim?
2: I do. I what do. kind
0: of updates do they typically come out with?
2: Um, articles about um, a lot of fashion stuff. Uh, just, they they just, cover just different that.
0: industries, just kind of like, is it case study kind of stuff?
2: A lot of it is.
0: Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. This next thing is kind of a big deal, folks. Facebook is going to be spending $1 billion on original video content specifically for – it's brand new watch platform, just for those that are math um, um, uh, not math savvy, that's 1,000 million dollars. Okay? They're going to spend 1,000 million dollars. They're going to spend one billion dollars in the next 12 months to bring content to the Facebook watch platform. Okay. This is according to the wall street journal. So just wrap your heads around that. Okay. And Gary Vaynerchuk announced this week that he is permanently moving from YouTube to Facebook. His new content will only be available on Facebook. Now you guys start connecting the dots here. That's a pretty substantial deal. Um, so yes, that is correct. So, um, we're going to begin seeing creators that are going to say, bye-bye YouTube. I'm coming over to Facebook and eventually people will follow suit. So um, this is according to the Wall Street Journal and what what I've read is that, you know, obviously this is contingent upon Facebook Watch being successful. Now, I will tell you that I um, I think Facebook needs to put more reminders out there to let me know that there's new episodes to get me to start watching it on my mobile device because I... I'm not yet there and I don't know if you are, Kim, or not, but I subscribe to a few shows and I haven't gotten myself patterned to watching these 20-minute episodic TV shows on my mobile device yet or on my desktop. I just haven't gone there yet. And I think it's going to be a lot of work. I think they're just going to have to advertise like crazy because I don't think we're programmed to think to go there to watch this kind of stuff. What do you think about this, Kim?
2: I don't have it on my phone yet. Really? Really? No, I don't. You need
0: it's to up- so- upload the app because it's officially out on uh, in America across the board. So that is kind of strange. So, um, but but regardless of whether you have it on your phone, I mean, do you think you would watch shows on Facebook if the right shows uh, were there?
2: I I would. I really enjoyed the one that you recommended, yep. and which was the one. My it's called Rose. "Returning the Favor." Yep. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And then I watched Bayer Bale and that was kind of funny. So I would watch it. Um, I'm not a huge TV person, so, you know.
0: Okay, um, well, we got to move along here. We only got a couple minutes left. So over to you, Kim.
2: Okay, this is a super fast one. Facebook um, plans to remove instant articles from Messenger. I didn't realize that instant articles were on Messenger, so they are going to be removed. Bye-bye. That's the...
0: Yep, And then um, Facebook is releasing uh, some updates to its Facebook Live API. So here's the deal on this, folks. For anybody who's using the Live API like our team is right now, um, they're going to have frame-accurate start times. This will allow developers of applications to literally let you know the exact moment when you're going live because this is one of the challenges that we run into um, when we're going live is we don't know exactly what that second is. And a lot of times, there's that awkward, slight second, or sometimes multiple seconds, where we're not sure if we're live. So that's coming, and that's just one of a couple of tools. Over to you, Kim. Um,
2: let's see. YouTube has updated the mobile app and extended support for uh, HDR images and video to select Samsung, HTC, and LG devices. So if you have a an Android device made by one of those manufacturers, you will be able to. Watch HDR YouTube videos.
0: Or maybe even just upload YouTube HDR content directly off your site. We're not exactly sure what that means, but hopefully techies will understand it. Yeah. Um, Okay, this is kind of cool. Comcast, which is a major cable provider here in the United States, has announced that their uh, cable boxes are now going to have YouTube built into it. This is kind of a big deal because I've never seen a cable box ever that has YouTube built into it. I've seen smart TVs, I've seen third-party devices, but I've never seen it built into a cable box. And um, Google and Comcast are partnering in their the, these cable boxes called uh, All Affinity X1. So I think we're going to be moving to an age where this is kind of shocking because cable companies technically are competing with Google. Google has their own, what they call skinny bundles that are designed to take out the cable companies. But now somehow there must be a revenue share kind of deal going on and YouTube will now be an option. Imagine pulling up your cable box and seeing all the channel settings and one of them says YouTube. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. That is.
2: That is. I forgot about the skinny bundles. Okay. So Pinterest reaches 200 million monthly users and also they are now coming out with a new feature that they are calling boards within boards and we don't know a lot about this but somehow you're going to be able to add sections to your Pinterest boards so they're um, currently being tested there's not a lot of uh, information out there, but you will be able to add sections to your boards to better organize them.
0: All right, folks. Well, there you have it. That is our show this week. A couple of closing thoughts. Uh, Facebook ads are going to get easier to manage. Uh, Twitter account is going to get easier to manage. Augmented reality is coming. It's coming. It's coming and it's getting incrementally more Um, powerful. And I know that right now marketers are struggling to figure out what this application means, but just wait, something will be coming. I'm sure you'll be able to drop augmented reality objects into these worlds and get your branding all over the place. So it's pretty exciting stuff. A couple of closing remarks. If you are not a regular subscriber to this show, um, become a subscriber to the show, socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. We'll get you over to our live show subscription area. And of course, if you're listening to this in the podcast, hit the subscribe button. We would appreciate a rating and or a review. If you appreciated this show, share it with your friends, let the world know about it. And with that, I want to thank everybody for showing up. We hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will catch you next week. Bye-bye.
1: The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash getupdates.